grace and peace. Instead of good morning, let's try that one more time. Grace and peace. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know that we talked about grace and peace, and I need grace and peace from God, and I need it from you guys. I need it every single day. Grace is an undeserved gift, and I got to tell you this, last week you guys uh, surprised me uh, with, a, with, a, with a late birthday party. Everybody, everybody asked me, how, how, did you not, how were you not surprised? Because it wasn't my birthday. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was a week later, and uh, I had no idea. But that was an undeserved gift, and there were many of you that showered gifts on me, and they were many of them were anonymous, so I can't thank you personally, but let me thank you collectively and say I felt very, very loved and very grace uh, poured out on me from you. And so I'm thankful for you. I'm, I just, I, those of you that wrote cards, thank you for the words that you wrote. Nobody deserves that kind of outpouring of love. And so I don't take it for granted, and I'm grateful for it. Thank you guys very much. There's in the bulletin something this morning, if you, if you didn't see it, and uh, it is that, that this coming Saturday, we have a couple that has been members of our church here, and they placed membership here, and they were not married. And they ask me, when they place membership, they ask our elders, how could we place membership if we're not married? And we said, well, you're going to be encouraged to get married very often. You're going to be reminded regularly, because that's God's plan for our lives. And uh, so this couple has decided to tie the knot this Saturday, and it's Jim and Rochelle Bradburn. I'm really proud of them for doing what God wants them to And they want to invite you to come to the wedding. It's going to be right here. I think it's going to be right where I'm standing, right here. Probably. Isn't this where it's going to be? Pretty close to right here. Okay. Saturday at 1 o'clock, I believe. And they need you to RSVP today. So if you are wanting to come to that wedding and join in that huge celebration, you go talk to Jim and Rochelle. If you can imagine this, they're going to have some food. Okay, Jim is, a, is our local chef, and so, uh, so they're going to have a, uh, some food afterwards. They want to feed you, and so if you want to come be a part of it, please go and let them know today so that they can make enough food. We are in this series, we're finishing up this series today called Walk, and it is about the mission statement of the Gateway Church of Christ, and I've asked you guys to memorize it. Some of you that are here today for the first time probably haven't done that. But those of you who've been coming each week and those of you who are members here at Gateway, I've asked you to memorize it. I'm going to give you another pop quiz today and see if you have memorized it. And we're going to keep doing this throughout the year. We're going to keep doing this regularly on a regular basis. We're going to be saying these words. So eventually, if you don't have it memorized today, you will if you hang around Gateway very long. But I'm going to give you a chance to try it. Okay? Are you guys ready? (laughs) Some of you are. All right. Our mission is to grow closer to Christ and to encourage others to grow closer to Christ. Let's say it one more time. Our mission is to grow closer to Christ and to encourage others to grow closer to Christ. Your leaders, your elders have set this before you as the mission of our church. They're asking you to consider if the mission of your life is something different. If, if you think, I, I'm saying the words, but really my heart would say my mission of my life is something really different than that. 
we're asking you to pray about and consider carefully changing the mission of your life to join the mission of what, where this church is going. So, that is our mission, to grow closer to Christ. How do you, how in the world do you measure that? How can you measure something that is really internal? This is something that happens inside. This is something that's in our hearts. Lots of churches have measured things through the years. People have measured attendance. People have measured budgets. People have measured baptisms. People have measured chapters of the Bible read this week. Those things are all good. There's nothing wrong with measuring those things, but those things could all be accomplished and our mission not happen. Because it's an internal thing to grow closer to Christ. And that's a hard thing to measure. We understand that. We understand it's difficult to say, are we making progress? I guess that probably one thing that's going to help us, one thing that's going to help us, there's our mission statement. You guys did it without reading it. We're going to see it pretty often. But this is one thing that will help us because language is so important. And we purposely and carefully chose these words. Our mission is to grow closer. And growing closer indicates movement. You can't accomplish that mission unless you are moving closer to Christ. Maybe this is a good way to look at it. Maybe somebody starts you know, following God and they they listen to the word and they know they're accepted and they accept others and they, they love and they start to serve and they, and they are uh, all, the life is about the kingdom and we walk in movement this way and we get to a certain place and it's possible, it's possible to get to a certain place along this line and kind of fold our arms sort of to God. And God says, Okay, I want you to take another step of growth toward me. You're going to have to risk. It's going to cost you something. It's going to be hard. I want you from where you are. You've been, I know you've been following me. I know you've been growing closer to me for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, 90 years. I know you have. I know that. And now today, not all that in the past, today, I want you to go like this. And it's possible for us to fold our arms and say, God, I am tired of taking steps. I've been stepping all my life. I've been working on this all my life, and I am really pretty much just going to stay right here, God. That's possible for that to happen. It's possible to even grow closer to Christ and get to a place where we begin to kind of turn the other way. We're still, we still have come along. We're we're still going to church every Sunday, still behaving pretty well, but in our hearts to kind of turn our hearts this way. That's possible. It's possible for a person, and we did this last week, you know, when I walked all the way to the door, it's possible for a person to have the desire to grow closer to Christ and be a very long way away from Christ. 
and, and maybe not even be a follower of Jesus, but have that desire in their heart to say, you know what, I want to grow closer to God. I want to grow closer to Jesus. And they maybe take some tiny little baby steps, just some little bitty ones, toward Jesus. This person over here could be attending church, behaving very well, not saying any cuss words. What's the old saying? I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't date girls who do. Isn't that what it is, right? It's possible for this person to be standing this way. Really, in their heart, their posture, but they're behaving. And it's possible for this person over here to be doing all those things that you know, people have made up and said, you know, well, here's this little moral code that equals Christianity, which is not what the Bible equals to Christianity. But this person maybe is misbehaving and saying things they shouldn't and doing things they shouldn't, but they're taking some baby steps toward the Lord and they're learning about the word and they're learning that they're accepted. Let me ask you this. Which one is accomplishing the mission of the Gateway Church? This one is over here. Because our mission is not to arrive somewhere and compare ourselves. See, our mission is movement, not comparison. And it's very possible in Christianity to get to a place where we want to compare ourselves. I attend more than they do. I behave better than those people. I know more of the Bible than that lady over there does. I wear a modest length skirt and she doesn't. It's possible to do lots of comparing and feel like, that's it, I've, I have somehow maybe arrived. Am I getting personal back there? Somebody said I'm getting kind of personal back there. <laughs> Our goal is movement. Whether you be out in the parking lot away from God today, whether you be a person who's just maybe in kind of that first step of learning about the Word a little bit, you're just learning about the Bible, you're just here today and you're checking out, what is this about? I've needed to come back to church for a long time. Or you are being accepted and accepting, you're loving and serving, or you've really gone into the deep end of giving your life to the kingdom. Wherever you are, our mission is for you in your life to be moving closer to Christ. We said it the first week. How long, John? You're wearing me out. How long? Do I, how long are you saying we need to do that? And, and it's, it's a simple answer. Just until you go like this. Here it is right here. Just until you do this. For the last time. And when you do that for the last time, and then you could quit. But until then, our mission, the leaders at this church, are going to be encouraging you, trying to inspire you, challenge you, give you a kick in the pants every once in a while, whatever it takes that God leads us to do to help you move. That's the mission of our church. And it's going to happen. We believe it's going to happen through this process. I've just told you what these are, but a lot of you have already memorized these. This is our process that helps us accomplish our mission. So the W stands for? And the A stands for? And, and the L stands for? And the K stands for? Kingdom. We believe this process is going to help us measure if we're moving. 
And we tried to figure out a way, could we make this into a circle somehow? Because this process is repeatable. You don't do this once and then quit. You don't get to a place where you love people and serve and you do that for a little while and then you retire. This is repeatable and whatever step God is asking you to do, whatever step the Holy Spirit is saying in your life, not comparing to other people's life, in your life today, he's asking you to say, you need to take one step of faith. You need to move one step. Whatever that is that God's asking you to do, that's what we want to encourage in your life. Movement. Process. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to turn in our Bibles to uh, the book of Luke, chapter 5 today, and we're going to read from God's Word. So, let's do that. Let's ask God to be with us and for the Spirit to teach us. Lord God, we are thankful to be among your people today. Thank you, God. It's great. It's great to be among people who believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he paid our debt. I'm so thankful for every person here today, God, who wants to follow you, who, who has surrendered their life and surrendered their eternity to you, God. Thank you. And those that have not, we pray that you would work. God, all of us, we all have weaknesses. Every single one of us are sinners. Every single one of us is in desperate need of your grace and your peace. And so some people, God, who, who, even, who showed up today didn't even need to hear me say anything. They knew before they got here. They knew what you were telling them to do, the step you were telling them to take, the forgiveness they needed to ask for, the relationship they needed to mend, the person that they need to call on the phone, the confession that they need to make. God, whatever it might be. Some people came here today and they don't need to hear any of this. And we pray for your spirit to work powerfully in their heart today through these songs, through these prayers, through scripture as we reflect. Holy Spirit, we need you to teach us today. Teach us about the kingdom today. We want to pray as our habit is to pray for another church every week in our town, God. We want to pray for the racetrack chapel today. And God, as they're in their transition of of all the horses leaving and, and a lot of people leaving and coming down to a smaller group of people that they, that they serve and that they work together. We pray, God, that you would, would help them during this transition time. We pray that you'd be with Daryl and with his wife. And we ask you, God, to bless them, bless their ministry, uh, help them to grow closer to you, just as we're praying for each of us to grow closer to you. We pray today that if Daryl is the one who is speaking your word, we pray that the gospel would be preached, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we pray that it would not come back void. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful to be your children. We're thankful to be here together today. Keep working in our lives, Holy Spirit. We pray all this through the name of the one who paid it all for us, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. So we're going to look in our Bibles today in Luke chapter, there's our process that you guys have already memorized, in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats 
left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, or what we better know as Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But, Because you say so, because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at this catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything. And they followed him. What a story. And in this story, Peter goes through all four of these processes right here as he is getting closer to Jesus, as he is becoming a follower of Jesus. It usually doesn't happen this fast in most of our lives, but it did here in this text in Peter's life. We see each of these four steps happen, and they lead him to the kingdom. The first step is found in verse 1. He was listening to the word of God. Peter is close by. He's working, but Jesus is speaking the word. And Peter is hearing the word. And that is our first step with most people that come to Gateway. It's where most people begin to grow. Because we're going to make sure that when you come to Gateway, you're going to hear the word. And we believe when you hear the word, and we believe when you read the word at home, and we believe when you memorize the word, and we believe when you let God speak to you through his word, we believe you're going to grow closer to Christ. The word matters. That's why we have the last several weeks, and we intend to for the very near future, and perhaps for a long time, we have Bibles in our pews that are these paperback Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, that's our gift to you today. If you haven't been reading your Bible in a long time, if you haven't picked a Bible up, if you realize, man, what you just said about reading the Bible and memorizing the Bible, I haven't done that in years. Well, that is our gift to you. Maybe that'll help kickstart you beginning to read God's Word again. I love this. This last week, one of our staff members was sharing her testimony with our staff. And and as she was telling us about that, she said one of the big things that happened in her life was that she got a study Bible. And she had read the Bible for a long time, but she didn't understand what she was reading. And she began to read the notes on the side. We want to encourage you to study your Bible, not just to read a verse every once in a while. Study the Word, because that's going to help us grow closer 
to Christ. Any place that you ever go, any place you ever go that says, hey, just trust us. Let's just go on blind faith, okay? It's blind faith. Take a leap. Come on. Christianity is rooted deeply in reading and understanding and listening to God's word. If you hear somebody say, blind faith, take a leap, let's go, I would encourage you to go. Run away, as Monty Python said, the other direction, all right? We want you to hear the word here. We want you to be reading the word at home. I'm encouraging you this week, as I do often. This week, I'm challenging you. I dare you. I double-dog dare you. Yeah. I'm trying to get your attention to do something this week, and that is to open your Bibles this week, every single one of you, and read the book of 1 John. Because that's what we're going to start studying next week. We're just going to study a few verses at the beginning. I'm challenging you to test and see, is this true? When we get our hearts and heads and lives in the Word, do we begin to grow closer to Christ? Most of you have experienced that. Some of you are still experiencing it today, and some of you are just being lazy. And I'm encouraging you, pick up your Bible and read the book of 1 John. It's five short chapters. If you just turn off Dancing with the Stars, you know, this week. I don't even know if that's on right now. But anyways, whatever your favorite you know, show is, DVR it, or just skip one. Skip one show this week. Get up a few minutes early and read the book of 1 John. Because God's word matters. That was the first step for Peter, was he was hearing the word from Jesus. The second step that he happened to Peter is that Jesus came and said, hey, I'm going to get in your boat, and I want you to put out from the shore just a little ways. The crowds were getting big, and he says, I want, I want to get in this little small boat with you, and I want to separate just a little bit from the crowd so that I have a little distance, and then I can teach. And So that's what he did. And I think it's mainly just a detail in the story, but I think there's a spiritual truth here that we need to get in a smaller group, a smaller group, boat than just in the big crowd with Jesus with some friends and we need to separate just a little ways away and and you know what it it says the Bible says that he asked him put out a little from the shore Peter has to put out a little bit of effort I mean a little okay yeah you can borrow my boat I guess some of you are here you come to gateway and you come in and And when we say in Jesus' name, amen, you knock the usher down on your way out the door to get to your car, okay? There's some people who knock the ushers down after the Lord's Supper's over. See, I can talk about them and make fun of them because it's not any of you guys. You guys stayed, all right? Some of them, you know, and in the summertime, it's hilarious. The whole whole, uh, back part of the church fills up when the Lord's Supper's over, you know, like we have to come check off our little you know, thing that we did this week, so we're acceptable by God, and, and then we're heading out the door. Some of you are here, and you're just barely got your toe in the water with the Word of God. Good, we're glad you're here. I'm not knocking you down. I'm not saying you're not where you need to be. Good, that's great. You're right where you need to be, and we're challenging you to take another step that'll it'll put you out a little bit. It's going to put out a little bit of effort, a little bit of energy, We're encouraging you to get in a smaller group of people. Our small groups at Gateway are are not very 
organized. They are loose. And that's fine. We're glad. We want to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide in that. And some of it we just don't have as many people as we need to organize all that either. But we're challenging you. Some of you, you're, you guys are sitting here like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm glad he's saying that. I hope the person next to me hears this and they do it. No, I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. We're challenging you next week to start a little small group at your house. We're going to set out discussion questions next week about 1 John. And we're challenging you next Sunday night to invite a, another family or a friend or a couple of friends over to your house and go through those discussion questions together. It's going to put you out just a little bit to invite a couple of people over. You'll have to make a pot of coffee because if you want to go to heaven, you need to drink coffee, okay? <laughs> Pecan pie, probably. Thank you guys for the pecan pies, by the way. That was awesome. So anyways, uh, you know, you're going to have, it's going to put you out a little bit. You're going to, maybe you're going to have to get in your car and drive four miles all the way across town in Rudoso. It's going to put you out a little bit. You have to drive all the way over, go into somebody's house, sit down, share, pray together a little bit. I'm challenging you. I'm asking you, take a step of faith. That's what Jesus asked Peter. And Peter said, okay, you can put me out a little bit. That's all right. Yeah, go ahead. It's it's a little bit of a cost. It's not that big of a deal. Go ahead, hop in. And then what happened next in the story after Jesus finishes preaching? In verse 4, he says to Peter, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. All right, (laughs) look, you put me out a little bit, okay? I've been working all night long. And the text says that Peter and his other workers just finished cleaning the nets. Have you guys ever cleaned nets after you got done fishing? Me neither. I have no idea what that's like. But I'm imagining it's probably pretty hard work. It's probably pretty tedious. I'm imagining that some of us, with the tools that we use for our job, whatever it is that we do all day, and then at the end of the day, you got to clean all those tools up. You're exhausted. You put them away. You get them put in the garage. You get them put in the garage. You get them put back in the truck. You know, whatever it is that you do, and you get all that cleaned up at the end of the day, and then Jesus says, hey, let's get all that stuff out of the garage and put it back in the back of the pickup, and let's go. Oh, I just got this stuff cleaned up. By the way, Jesus, I'm a fisherman. You're a preacher. Why don't you preach and I'll fish? All right, let's make a deal. Jesus is like, no, we're going to get closer. And what that means is that I'm going to step, Jesus saying, I'm going to step into your business. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do something is going to cost you. And some of you are there. Some of you know that God is asking you to do something in your life, and it's going to be costly if you do it. And it also doesn't make any sense. Why were they fishing all night? Because they're nocturnal people, they couldn't sleep, they had too much coffee, and they got up and said, ah, let's go fishing. No, because apparently that's what professional fishermen did there. They fished all night when you catch fish. Then you clean the nets and you go home when there are no fish. It made no sense to say, now let's go out in the deep water, Peter, in the daytime, and let's throw those nets back out there. When no other boats are out there, all your other buddies, your other friends that you work with, they're looking at you, Peter, like, what an idiot. What is that guy doing? 
Why is he doing that? It'd be like you know, going out and laying some concrete when it's getting ready to rain and the temperature's gonna be below 30 and all your friends that do concrete are looking at you like, what is wrong? What an idiot. That guy's been doing concrete all his life. What's wrong with him? God's gonna ask you at some point in your life to do something that's not gonna make sense. It won't make sense. People will look at you and they're gonna think, you're an idiot for doing that. It's going to cost you something to do it. Last year, last year, no, two years ago, Amy and I decided to invite a young man, an 18-year-old young man, a senior in high school who was living in his truck. We decided to invite him to come live in our house with us, with our 16-year-old daughter and our 14-year-old son. And we let him stay with us for about eight months. And I am thankful for your concern. Okay? I'm thankful for you guys. You guys love us. And many of you pulled me aside. And you said, John, come here. Let's talk. Okay? Let's talk for a second. And what you were saying was, John, you're an idiot. Okay? You're an idiot. You're not making a wise decision. You're not being careful. This is going to cost you and your family. you got kids that are about to go to college. What are you doing, John? And I, want, I mean it. I want to tell you, I'm thankful for your love and your concern. And I didn't care. I didn't care that that's what you said. Why? Because I don't respect you guys and I don't want to hear your opinions? No. Because of the phrase that's in this text, Peter says... But because you say so, Master, I'll throw the nets out there. And maybe more than any other time in our lives, Amy and I, and we've had lots of opportunities to keep people in our house, and we usually say, heck no. You're not staying at our house. No way. You know, go down the road. Find another place. But we were positive that God had led us, that God had, not with an audible voice, but with everything but an audible voice, had told us, you let this young man live in your house. So we didn't care whether we were being foolish, what we looked like, what you thought of us, what it was going to cost us. Because he said so, we took the step of faith. Now, Peter gets a huge benefit. He gets all these fish. We didn't necessarily, I don't know what benefit we got. I don't know. And you don't always get this immediate benefit. I don't know. I, I can, I, I'm, this isn't a sermon about that. But sometime if you want to hear, I could tell you some benefits that came to me, Amy, Raina, and Josh because we did that. I could tell you that sometime. I don't know for sure what benefits came to that young man who lived in our house. Time remains to see what God's going to do to bless that. But because the master said so, what is it that the master is telling you to do today? And it doesn't make any sense. And you think, I, I, I feel like that's what God's telling me to do, but my mom, oh my goodness, my mom, she will have a conniption. I, man, I feel like that's what we ought to do, but our kids will think we've gone nuts. I feel like that's what I ought to do, but it's going to cost a lot. We've been saving up for that boat for a long time. I just don't know. What is it that God's asking you to do? Like he asked Peter to do. Let's go out in the deep water, Peter. Let's let down the nets. Doesn't make any sense, but because you say so, 
And here's the last one. It gets us to the kingdom. And that is, he fell at Jesus' knees once he saw this catch of fish. He left everything and he followed him. He calls him not master, but Lord. Not master, but Lord. This is when Peter arrived here. My life is all about the kingdom. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, wherever you say to go. I'm going to follow you first. Seek first the what? Seek first the kingdom. And all this other stuff will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's possible to go to church all your life and for your life to be about something other than the kingdom. It's possible to go to church all your life, but your life is about your job. It's possible to go to church all your life, but your life is really about your family. And Jesus says, I don't want your family to be first. I don't want your job to be first. I don't want fill in the blank with whatever to be first. I want the kingdom of God to be first in your life. It's it's like you can tell what a person's story is. What their life is about. What's first in their life. You can tell. Martin Luther King Jr. Was he a husband? Hey, we're praying for you, Thetford. Okay, be safe out there. He's taking care of our village for us. Yeah, we're thankful for that. Let's, we'll all say a silent prayer while I'm, pre- while I'm preaching. If, if Martin Luther King, was he a husband? He was a husband. Was he a dad? He was a dad. Was he a minister? Yeah, he was a minister. Was he a good husband? I don't know for sure. I wasn't his wife. I know he made some mistakes. Might have been a good husband. Was his life about being a husband? Nope. Was he a good dad? I really don't know for sure. Probably was. Probably was a decent dad. Probably did some things right and some things wrong. Was his life all about being a dad? Nope. Was he a minister? Was he a good minister? I really don't know. He's a great speaker. He probably was a pretty good minister. Was his life all about being a great minister at his church? Nope. We know. We know what his life was about. We know what was first in his life. What was first in his life was ending injustice. That's what his whole life was about. That was number one, first thing. There was a guy, an athlete, just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sorry I didn't get the research to find out his name, but I caught it on uh, ESPN or something like that. This athlete was giving away $10 million. Did any of you see this, this guy that gave away $10 million? Do you know what his name was or what he played? You didn't even know what sport he played or anything? Hockey, okay, a hockey player. Okay, from Canada. So this guy, this guy is, is a hockey player, and those guys, you know, got a loose screw anyways, all right? And he gives away 10 million bucks, and they interviewed him, and they asked him, they said, why, why are you doing that? Why are you giving away $10 million? And he, said, and he said something like this. This is not a direct quote, but he said something like this. He said, right now in my life I play hockey, but one day I'm not going to play hockey. But when that day comes, I'm still going to be me, and I want to be a person who shares. What's his life about? He's going to share. He's going to be a person who shares. I don't know if he's a believer or not. Jesus says, I want people to be able to look at you and tell what your life is about. And they can. And he said, I want them to be able to see that your life is about the kingdom. And here's what I know about a bunch of you in here. 
Many of you in here, your life is about the kingdom. Oh, you're, you're an engineer. Sure you are. I know you are. Oh, yeah, you're a dad. I know. Oh, you're a mom. You're a stay-at-home mom. Oh, yeah, you're an accountant. I know that. Oh, you got your own business. I know you do. Oh, yeah, I know that you work at the schools. We know all that. We know you got a big family and you go to family reunions. We know you go on some vacation. Yeah, we know all that stuff about you. We know that you like the cowboys. <laughs> but we know that's not what your life is about. Your life is about the kingdom of God. And we can see it in your actions. We can see it in the words that you say. We can see it in the way that you live your life. And we, we can see it even when you mess up and your life isn't about the kingdom. Because we can see you quickly turn. Quickly turn back to the kingdom. Quickly turn back and ask God for forgiveness. We know what your life's about. We can see it. If we are putting the kingdom first, we're going to be accomplishing this mission. We're going to be growing closer to the heart of Christ because that's where his heart is. It's in the kingdom of God. And it's not only us that's going to be growing closer. Our mission is for others to grow closer as well. Others to grow closer to Christ as well. And so that's why this scripture is so important here at Gateway John 17, Jesus prays in John 17, verse 20. I pray. These are the words of Jesus praying this prayer. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is a part of the DNA of the Gateway Church is that we are about building up the kingdom of of God. We believe the kingdom of God is way bigger than this gateway church family. We believe the kingdom of God is way bigger than the church of Christ. We don't want to convert people to the gateway church. We want to convert people to Jesus Christ, the King. That's what we want to do because he's the king of this kingdom. And so this is part of who we are. We are about the whole kingdom of God, and we are glad to see the kingdom of God grow. That's why it's actually kind of rare for Gateway as a group to do much of anything by ourselves. We're almost always doing something with another church in this town because the unity of all believers, the kingdom of God growing, is what's at the heart of this church family. It matters greatly to us. And why is that? Is it because the culture says, well, we should all play nice with each other. We should all be sweet. Let's all be like little kids on the playground and let's get some rainbows of butterflies to go around and we'll all just feel better. Or because we think it's cool or because we think it's the new thing or because we just like it and we chose to do it. Is that why? No, it's because of Jesus' words right here and two words specifically, so that, over and over and over, I have seen in the last two decades people who have seen the unity of believers in this village, and they who have not been following Christ have said, I want to be a part of that. 
Because it shows that what's important is Jesus and the kingdom, the death, burial, and resurrection. Not competing. We don't want to try to take anybody from another church. We're not about that. That's not what we're trying to do. We're about the kingdom of God. So, does any of this make any difference? Does this make any difference? I mean, it's cool. These letters are cool. It's a nice mission statement. Does it really make any difference? Well, I want to tell you this. First of all, I've said it before. It's not new. We didn't make this up like, hey, let's come up with something new for Gateway to do. The elders at your church said, let's articulate who our church already is, and let's encourage us to keep growing toward Christ in good ways. This is who you are. This is who you've been for a long, long, long time. And today, I want to finish with two things, and the first one is I want to finish by inviting one of our sisters in Christ to come up here, and she's going to come on up. Micah, come on up here. She's going to have a seat with me right up here, and we're going to have just a short little conversation because I want you to hear how Micah has been growing closer to Christ and how she's been encouraging others to grow closer to Christ. Don't you guys wish when you said things, people just got up and did stuff? Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) Hi, Micah. Hi. Thank you for coming up here. Hello. Okay, it's working. This is Micah Enzer, and uh, both <laughs> Micah Enzer. <laughs> no, I'm a girl. He's a boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is Micah Woodle. I apologize. And Micah and Chris have been a part of our church for several years, and I love both of them a lot. And they're boys, uh, Grady and Kyler. And I just, I want to let Micah share a little bit with you today about the difference this is making. So I'm, I give you, we'll give you a little bit of background because that helps move to the point, the couple of points that we want you to hear today. And the first one is this, Micah, you grew up in a Christian home and you went to Bible class and when you were 12 years old, something happened that was pretty drastic. Can you share that with us? Sure. Uh, first of all, my grandfather would pick me up and I'd go to church and had the you know, went to church and and had fun and did all the typical stuff. And when I was 12, my my dad passed away. And um, that was kind of a game changer in my life, obviously. And um, that just sort of changes everything in your world. And kind of leaves you with, um, with, you know, not knowing what to do. Now, I am... when, when this was going on, we were on vacation, and um, I just still had great faith, and I just knew that God was not going to take my dad from me. I knew it. I knew it without a doubt that he was not going to die, and um, guess what? He died. Hmm. He did, and um, the good thing is, is that uh, he, although he did pass away, it didn't uh, make me angry at God for, you know, I'm sure I had, you go through anger when someone passes away. That's one of the stages, but not for too very long. And uh, it didn't change my faith. Um, It actually made me seek out uh, wanting to continue it, which was a good thing. And and I did so. I had lots of... uh, I grew up in Gallup, and there were lots of Catholics, and I went to the Methodist church, and there were also, I had lots of friends who um, went to a different church, and, and that church focused on family. And that, that was a place that really filled in that kind of gap where your dad left a place where he was gone, but unfortunately, it was a church that was very judgmental. They taught you that the only people who could go to heaven were the people who were baptized in their church. Nobody else got to go to heaven. And so you kind of lived in that through your high school years and kind of were indoctrinated into that and believed that. Mm-hmm. 
And then you went to college and something else happened. Tell us about that. Okay, so then um, in college, I joined a sorority. And of course, then you have lots of sorority sisters. And in my sorority, there were a lot of, of Christian girls. And um, I met, even to this day, a girl that, to this day, she's one of the most wonderfully Christian people I have ever met in my life. And um, so that started my questioning of, okay, well, the God I know isn't going to not let her go to heaven because she's the most Christian person I have ever met. And um, she just is one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. She's just beautiful inside and out. And so I started questioning all of that. And, um, you know, it just it was wonderful to, to have that questioning in my path towards getting to know Christ better, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because I knew. I just, you know, again, I had that, that faith of I know that there's no way that, that the God that I know and love would, would deny this beautiful soul um, just because she's not this one particular religion. Yeah, she didn't go to the church you had been brought up in that high school. And so right. you realize, here's a person who's a follower of Christ. You see the fruits of the Spirit in her life. You mm-hmm. see that being borne out, and you know she's a Christ follower, and so this caused you to leave that judgmental church right, and, right. and to be uh, uh, a follower of Christ in, in other churches. Right. And so, so that kind of takes you a little bit to the, the background of what, of what Micah has been through. And, and here Micah and Chris have been going to our church for several years, and Micah helps out in our kids' classes. And even though she's been following Christ for many years, what we're talking about here is not a one-time thing. We're talking about growing closer to Christ until we take our last breath. And Micah just recently, when she was preparing for Bible class, had an experience that was pretty powerful. Share that with us. Okay, so this was a couple of years ago. And um, a little backstory. I have, my favorite holiday has always, always, always been Easter. All of my friends and everyone else have always loved Christmas. And I have always loved Easter, and I could never put to words why, although my birthday's in the spring, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I've always loved Easter. So um, I was preparing, and I, and I was teaching some of the younger ones, but not too young, you know, and I was trying to, to get across to them why Easter is so important, and knowing that that's really the crux of, of our belief system as a Christian, I was really trying to get to put that into words, and so... I'm doing my research, and I'm reading some scripture, and I'm in Matthew, and I'm kind of going back and forth between, you know, some, like I said, I'm researching, and so some study Bible and some, some other things, and it's talking about when, um, at the time that Jesus took his very last breath on the cross, and when he took his last breath, then the um, curtains of the temple ripped from top to bottom, and, um, and then what that meant. And it took me through a whole um, litany of, of experiences that I've experienced and, and what those all had meant. It all came together. And that's the moment at 40, what, six years old or whatever I was at that point in time, that was the moment that I realized finally why being a Christian and why Jesus dying on the cross was so incredibly special. Because that was the moment that no one ever again had to go through a priest, 
another person, someone who might want them to um, do something that they couldn't do to have a relationship with God, to have a relationship with Jesus. Because at that moment, when those curtains ripped, you could, anyone could, a female, um, a Gentile, anyone, anyone who has ever in their life ever felt like they weren't good enough, which if you think about to yourselves, someone in, uh, in this church right here might have ever felt that way. Someone might have felt that way. Right. I know I have felt that way. <laughs> um, if you've ever felt that you weren't good enough, it didn't matter anymore. You could hit your knees and have a relationship with God at any given time, on any given day, any given moment, from there on out. And that is what Christianity is about. Amen. And it's about forgiveness, and it's about the grace of God, and that it didn't matter anymore. Amen. It didn't matter anymore. You were good enough from there on out, no matter what you did. You know, and it's possible for people to go to church all their life and, and never get, never grow, never move. But, but part of the reason that Micah grew was she was doing this step behind me right here, this L. She was serving. And in serving, she grew closer to Christ in a way that was surprising. You know, you and Chris are really involved in the community through your business and in the schools and, and with your boys and everything. And so you guys are right out there in the middle of the community. And I just want to ask you the last thing is this. What, this mission statement that we've just articulated and said simply, that's been who we are, it's who we are anyways, but we've tried to say it simply, how has that helped you to share Christ with others recently? Okay, well recently, right before the mission statement was brought to us as a, as a um, church, um, I've had these opportunities that have come up which just came up, and I guess I've kind of been paying attention, you know, to the people around me or whatever, but I've had some opportunities to say um, to people who just really were hurting and and didn't know, and I realized that maybe they were feeling like they weren't worthy, um, and I've just told them, no, 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 guess what? Um, you are, and this is why, and I've explained to them that moment that I felt, and I've just told them, this is what I this is what I experienced. And um, some of them have been like to the walk to Bethlehem that, that we have sometimes in December. And I explained to them, you know, when we went to um, the temple and they were telling us we had to pay so many shekels and we couldn't get in and all of that. Well, that was, that was the temple before. And then now we don't have to worry about that, you know. And, and so some of them were younger and I kind of explained that to them. Some of them are, are you know, people my age. And I just let them know. And then... John and the elders came, you know, came with this as, as lessons for us. And I was talking to John and I said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I go to a church that gets the basics. <laughs> and because there's so, there's so much going on in life. And when, and when Jeremy started talking today about, you know, we get so busy that we don't focus on what's the, the thing that matters the most in our schools, the thing that matters the most are the students, and that's what we need to focus on in church. That's, this is what we need to focus on. And if you focus on what matters the most, which is growing closer to Christ and, and helping others to do that, then everything else falls into place. And I was so excited about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to do it, finally. And, um, and I've been having that opportunity just by paying attention, and I've been able to... Um, to talk to friends and, and to talk to people that I 
come across in our business and um, just kind of let them know that um, they don't have to feel so alone because they're not at all. Amen. That there's someone out there that loves them no matter what. Thank you, Micah. And we love you and Chris and Kyler and Grady. We love your family a lot. Would you guys thank Micah for sharing this today? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So just like Micah said, we're trying to just boil this down so that it's really simple for you to share. And so last thing, I know we went really long today. You guys' stomach's grumbling? Mine is. My, I'm thinking about dinner right now, okay? Hang on for like a couple of minutes. And just, if you grab your bulletin, grab your bulletin, share a bulletin with your neighbor, okay? Grab a bulletin, grab a pen, and we're, we're going to do this real quick. And I know everybody can't do it, but somebody in your family can, somebody on your pew can. Grab a bulletin, grab a pen, they're on the pew, and here's the deal. People ask this question a lot. I mean, people ask us this question, why do you go to church, or why do you go to Gateway, or why do you go to the Gateway Church of Christ? Why do you go down there? Why do you do that? Why? And I don't, I, I, the elders and myself, we don't want you to say, oh, it's because we have a, you know, because we, we, we have a great song leader. You know, we have a great worship team. That's not the reason we want you to tell. Worship leaders and worship teams change. Oh, because we got a great youth minister and he helps with our kids. Youth ministers change. Oh, because we have a so-so preacher. We get a nap, okay? You know, it's a good chance to take a little nap on, on Sunday morning. Because preachers change. We, we don't want you to say because of circumstances, that's why I go. We want you to say because this is who we are. This is who we are right here. We are people, and I want you to draw this on your bulletin. Are you ready? Draw what I've drawn. I did this last night. Here we go. Draw yourself. All right? Draw a picture of yourself. Look how good of an artist I am. Draw a picture of yourself on your bulletin real quick. And this is what we want you to be able to do, just over a cup of coffee. Why do you go to the Gateway Church of Christ? Well, let me show you real quick. Here's a napkin. Here, give me that napkin. Here. This is me, and this is what I want to do. I want to get closer to Jesus. That's why I go to Gateway Church of Christ, because that's what we're trying to do. And we got a way that we do it. We try to walk toward him. That's what we do. This is pretty simple to share with people. And you don't have to write all these things out. You could just tell them real quickly. You could do this in 60 seconds or less. This is why I want to go to Gateway. Because you know what we do? We grow closer to Christ through the Word. We grow closer to Christ by being accepted and accepting others. We know each other. We can be ourselves there. We grow closer to Christ through love. We serve people. And when we serve others, we get closer to Christ. And we are getting closer to Jesus by being a part of the kingdom of God. That's what our lives are about. We want, that's the first thing we want to do in our lives, the kingdom of God. And so, that's how quickly, I believe, we could share with a friend that says, why do you go to that church? We're going to be repeating these things over and over. In the very near future right here, these four we're going to find a place to permanently put these in our building. But for the near future, for the next several weeks, they're going to be moved all over the building. They're going to be, when you walk in, you're going to see them. And you're going to, we want you to challenge each other. Hey, what does that mean? What does the K mean? And ask somebody and see if they know. There's some, we may put one letter in a kid's class and one letter in Dennis's class and another letter in the teen class. We're going to move these letters around because we want to remember. This is the mission of the Gateway Church. I want you guys to say it with me one more time as we finish. I think I've got it. Well, let's see if you remember, let's see if you remember it. Are you ready? Our mission 
is to grow closer to Christ and encourage others to grow closer to Christ. God, this is our deep desire in our heart. Help us. God, if there's anybody here today who has never asked you to come live inside their heart, they've never opened the door of their heart, they've never asked you to be Lord and Savior, God, we just pray that today will be the day that they'll do that. Anybody's doing that, Lord, or has done that, we pray that they would have the courage to follow you in baptism, that they would act out the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus today. If there's anyone that's ready to be baptized today, we pray, God, that you would help them to take that step. Whatever step you're encouraging people to take in their hearts today, we just pray, God, that they would take that step or ask for help. We're thankful that we get to be a part of your kingdom. We want our lives to be more and more and more about that. So we pray it through the name of the one who is the king, the king of kings, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing. If you need anything, you come while we sing. Lord, the